Okay, so when we talk about Jesus, one thing that, that I hear all the time is, now for me, I'm a pastor, okay? So whenever I say I'm a pastor to someone, it changes the whole conversation. Uh, you know, it's just one of those professions where if I'm on an airplane or anything else and they go, what do you do? I'm like, here we go. I'm a pastor. And then, you know, it can go in a whole bunch of different directions. You know, all of a sudden they're confessing sin to they put in their headphones, you know, all kinds of different reactions, right? But one of the things that, that I will hear is, oh, well, Jesus said that. Or I think Jesus said that, right? And I'll go, no, no, he didn't. Uh, someone else said that. But uh, you will hear people say, well, Jesus said, or I think Jesus, and, and, and this is what Jesus would do, so what's wrong with you? And, and, and I hear that all the time. Like, and people will guilt and shame other people by, like, by using Jesus, right? Uh, and whether it's words or actions, like people will call you out um, on that. And, and, and so, and, and a lot of times he's misquoted. Um, I think when we talk about Jesus, there's a lot of people that have um, put him into a box to fit their uh, perception of him or to fit what they desire him to be for them, right? So, um, so they go, I know enough to want him to be this, and so I'm just going to keep him right here in this space. Okay, that's a, that's a huge one. Uh, for some, he is a, just this wise teacher. That, that, that lived, that, that walked the earth, and he taught. He's got, like, the, the principles from his teachings are, are really good for you. Uh, it's encouraging. Um, you know, he was uh, somebody that, that drew a crowd. And, and so he's just this wise uh, leader that was around, and you acknowledge that, but that's it. Um, for some of us, we just have in our minds, because maybe you grew up in a church and there were images of Jesus because we know exactly what he looked like. There were images, uh, and that's a joke, okay? We don't. Uh, but there's images of this blonde hair, blue eye, beautiful looking Jesus, right? And, 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 and so we've got that image in our minds, which he wasn't, like, get out of here, <laughs> like, you know, and we literally picture some of us in our minds, or maybe by how our parents described him, that he just, like, walked, like, just levitating in his beautiful state, right, and, 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 and all that, and so there's, there's those perceptions when it comes to him. He was maybe a magician. He was, uh, for some of us, we, we go, he, he was God's son. He was God's son. Uh, for some of us, we believe, and we would say we believe in him, but we don't know why. We say we believe, but we don't know why. Now, if that's you, I want you to just think about that for a minute. Some of you have never even asked why. Okay? Um, maybe he's a great story to you. Maybe it's a great legend. For some of us, he died, but we're not sure what else he did. And then for others, he is our Savior. He's our Savior. Um. I had a coach growing up, and this coach, I just looked up to him. And if he said, I mean, he could tell me to do anything, and I would do it. I just trusted him in every area of my life. Like, if he said, you need to do this this many hours, I would do that that many hours. If he said, you need to run this distance this many times, I would do exactly that. And, and everything he said, I would do. And, and, and you guys, some of you have people like that in uh, your life, and if you do, you better be very careful. <laughs> uh, but I remember that, that the things he said dictated how I lived. 
dictated um, what my priorities were. What you believe about Jesus and who he is is absolutely critical because that will define and dictate the decisions you make. Okay, um, it, 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 and, and it's very similar in some ways to what I talked about last week, about, you know, God's uh, word. But, but remember what I said last week. Ultimately, the central figure of God's word is who? Ah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah, way to go, okay. Yeah, so when we think of, of, of him being the central figure, it's, it's literally... Um, the most important question of what do you do with Jesus? And that's what I asked at the end of last week. What will you do with Jesus? Because when you think about what is right and what is wrong, and if you are a Christian, you're to follow Jesus, that's where you're measuring that right and wrong uh, from. When you think about how you treat people, he is the model, right? If in Scripture it says, like, like he's who we follow, uh, he's the one that I should think about when I'm interacting with people, whether I disagree with them, whether I agree with them, whether they're against me or for me, it doesn't matter. I should, I should consider, if I am a Christian, I should consider how would Jesus deal with those people, right? So it's how I treat people. How I love people right, is, is a great indicator of where Jesus is at in my life, how I make decisions, um, how I talk, um, what I define salvation as. That's huge, okay? Because you guys, I'm going to tell you right now, when you think about religions, and there's a lot of them, they keep adding religions, okay? It's not going away. When you think about religions, how do you cut through religions? This is how you cut through you ask this question, who do they say Jesus is? That's it. That's the question. He is the divider. Who do they say Jesus is? And for those of you that don't know, you need to, to know that Jesus makes some bold claims about who he is. And I want to be really clear on that because what you can't say, I agree with his teachings and yet disagree with his claims, right? Um, you, you can't say, oh, I, I believe what he said. I think it's, it's true, those things. Well, do you know what he said about himself? And there's one thing that he said about himself that is not a, a, a cultural trend by any means. In fact, most people say, well, that's, that's intolerant, right? In John 14, 16, he says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I mean, he is claiming exclusivity, isn't he? There is no other way, he's saying, right? In fact, we read in Scripture, for there is no other way given among men by which we must be saved. Like, he is it. He is the door. He says, I am the only way to the Father. And that's why I said, when, you're, when you talk about different religions, you've got to ask, what do they do with Jesus? Because if you say you follow Jesus, if you say you believe the Bible and you follow the Bible, you need to know what Jesus says there. He says, I am the way, right? So whenever you hear people add to that way, it's no longer Jesus, is it? It's Jesus plus something, okay? And so you need to be very aware of that. If you say, oh, I'm a Jesus follower, I'm a Christian, you need to know that he is not claiming that, hey, you can 
follow me and then, um, and then also do these other things. And you have to do all of these other things in order to, to get there. He goes, no, it's only through me. I have exclusivity in this arena. And so, and, and that's a huge claim, you guys. That's a huge claim. So, so if I'm saying this is what I believe and he's who I'm following, it means that everything in my life, when it comes to salvation, it funnels through him and only him, okay? So that is a very, very important thing. Now, uh, my fear is this. My fear is when I have conversations, and, and I have a lot of conversations with people who will say, I am a Christian. And, and I would say for the most part still, you know, uh, m- most people would, would claim that. But... When, when they say that, it's, it's incredible how they will say that and yet know very little about who he is and about what he said, right? And, 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 and he warns us about this because um, often we'll just say, oh, you just believe, right? And, and here's the challenge when you talk about, oh, oh you, just, you just believe. Uh, you guys, um, you know who else believes? And you're right, right? Like when you look, when you read scripture, you like, like the demons believe. Satan, the, the leader of the, he believes, right? And, and, and then there's this, there's this space in scripture here, Matthew 7, 22 and 23, and it says this. On that day, and oh, this just like, this is like motivation for me to help bring truth to you guys, to help you learn this. It says, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And he says, And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. In other words, what he's saying there is there's going to be so many people that that say, I knew this, I did this in, in your name. Like, like, I believed all of these things, right? And he's going to say, ultimately, to a lot of these people, depart from me. Why? I never knew you. We had never established a relationship, right? There is a difference between me saying, oh, I believe in this, and me actually entering into a relationship with Jesus on his terms, right? There's a difference between me saying, oh, I believe in you and, and, and going, you know what? I'm broken. I need a savior. And so I'm going to receive you as my Lord and savior. And now I'm going to live for you. There's a huge difference, isn't there? Right? If you're going to do that, that's not just, oh, I believe in him. Okay? And, and, and so what Jesus is saying, and this is what I love about uh, Scripture, but you do need to know it's not going to mess with you. It's not going to, like, take you on some game. It's not like, a, you know, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. No, it, it warns us. It's very clear. It's very direct. In fact, it's uncomfortably direct, to be honest. Right? When Jesus says, I'm the only way, I'm like, ah. Right? When, when, when Jesus says, like, there's going to be a lot of people that did this and this and this in my name, and I'm going to say, depart from you. I never knew you. I don't know about you, but I go, ah. And then I'm like, do I? You know, and, and, and so I hear those things and it's uncomfortable, but honestly, I'm so thankful because you know what, you guys? 
more and more, what I find when I have conversations with people about different religions, about their beliefs, uh, whether they believe in God or not, you know what they're asking me to tell them? They're asking for me to share the truth. They don't want me to beat around the bush. They don't want me to just try to agree with them up to this point and then, and then kind of trick them, right? They want to know. And so, you guys, I think it's so important that, that you see that, that, man, it will be very, very uh, clear. And so when we talk about Jesus, you need to know that it is much more than just a belief. Are you a follower? Now, how do we learn about him? Right? How do we learn about him? You just said, am I a follower? How do I learn about him? Now, I know the easy answer is what? Well, the Bible, right, Steve? Yeah, you talked about it last week. It's on the podcast, I know. But here's how we learn about him, okay? The first four books in the New Testament, everybody say four. There we go. We're responding now. Four. Okay, so there's four books in the New Testament. First four are what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There you go. These first four books of the New Testament are known as the four uh, Gospels, okay? And these are four separate accounts of Jesus's life. Now, they were not, what you need to know, they were not biographies like we understand today. They were written so that people would know who Jesus was and believe in him. Does that make sense? Okay, so when you think about them written, in fact, uh, John at the end, he literally says like all the things that Jesus did, there's not enough room in all of, you know, in the world to, to, to write everything he did. So what you need to know is those four separate accounts of Jesus' life, the point is so that you would know him and believe in him, right? That's the purpose uh, of them. It's not to write every single Thing down, okay? Um, I have three boys, and as they get older, we're not taking notes every night, Lindsay and I, and fact-checking it and saying, so what did he say after that? Okay, let's record that, right? Like, no, what are we doing? We're trying to take pictures of the big moments. We're trying to write down, like, the really crazy stuff they say. And, I mean, they say some stuff, uh, especially now. They're starting to really pick stuff up, and it's not good, okay? Um, and so, I blame their school. So what we try to record is what? The, the higher level things, right? So that they can look back, they can laugh at themselves. So we'll go, oh, actually, you had this kind of personality. Oh, look at this picture of you. Ha. Like, like, it's the highlights, right? Like, we're not every day, like, taking pictures. We're not showing up at the recess and being like, all right, recess, woohoo, let's take some pictures. Like, like, no, we don't do that, right? We just find these high-level events and moments, and we talk, to, talk about them. We record those things. And, and so you need to know that, that they are at a high level recording the major moments from their perspective led by the Holy Spirit of Jesus's um, biggest events, the things Jesus said, the, 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 the things uh, that, that he did that resonated. And what you need to know is when we talk about what resonated, all four of those gospels are written to a different audience. Okay, so there's a, a different focus in how they're writing, right? So Matthew, it was written for the Jews. Mark was written for the Romans. Luke was written for Gentiles or, or those that were non-Jews. John was written for Christians. And, and this is important because it helps make sense as to why things are worded in these Gospels a certain way. It also helps us to understand and see why there are certain things in one and not the other. 
And when you read those and you go, I want to understand Jesus, I want to know what this is about. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, they are very similar in their content. And then on the other hand, um, much of the material in John's gospel is very unique and it's organized in these long discourses. Okay? And, 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 and what's so amazing, though, is the differences in these four Gospels, they supplement each other without contradiction, and the similarities complement each other. Okay, does that make sense? So when you piece them together, the result is this comprehensive record of Jesus' life. Okay, so, so you may read something in one, and you go, Oh, well, he didn't say that there. It, it, that doesn't mean they're in conflict. No, remember, they're speaking to a specific audience. They're speaking from a specific perspective. And so they're highlighting maybe something different or they're emphasizing it more than their other friend might be. Okay, if five of us, uh, what's, what's a really like, big movie right now that's out in the theaters? Amsterdam? There's not much. Yeah, I'm not feeling a lot of, like, energy behind that. Like, you know, like, our, like, with, with, like Top Gun 2 was out. It was like, Top Gun 2, like, Top Gun 2. Like, oh, you haven't seen it. You know, like, um, okay, so if we all went to a movie, whatever movie it is, okay, Top Gun. Let's just go backwards, all right? We're going back in time. Top Gun 2, okay? If, if, if five of us go to Top Gun 2 and, and we're there, me, well, let's just go four of us, okay? Five's too many. Five's a crowd. Four. Okay, so there's four of us, and we're watching this movie, okay? And we all come out of the theater. Now, we all watched the same movie. We were all there for all the same moments, right? And then if someone walks up to us and says, guys, what was the movie like? What was it about? Now, we're all going to share essentially the same thing, right? But from different perspectives, Right? Like, like if, if Seth, because Seth led worship, so I'm just going to pick on Seth. If Seth and I went to a movie and, and, and you go, hey, Seth, what was it about? He may highlight things like Seth is a big music guy, so he would probably highlight the score. Like, 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 the, like the sound and that moment. And I would literally look at him and go, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, it had a cool soundtrack. Um, but this moment... And then Seth would be like, well, that didn't really make the moment. It was actually the sound behind that that brought you into the moment, right? So, and in that, you guys, we're not contradicting each other, are we? Are we contradicting each other? No. It's actually, we're, we're, we're supplementing, we're complementing each other as we're describing a situation. And so, they, these, are, these, are, these are four guys that were, they were, you know, they're, they're observing, they're hearing, they're reporting, and all of that from different uh, perspectives, okay? And, and, and you need to know that their backgrounds are very different, okay? Like Matthew was a tax collector, so he was hated by his people. He worked for the Roman government. He ripped off his own people. They did not like um, him at all. And his uh, book in particular was written um, to point to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, um, Mark or John Mark, he was this great friend of Peter's and his book focuses more on the actions of Christ. Luke, who wrote, was a doctor. So one of the things that's really cool in the book of, of Luke is you'll notice he highlights a lot more of the medical things. And you're like, man, he talks a lot about this stuff. Well, he's a doctor. 
Okay, so that's cool. That's interesting uh, to uh, him. And, and John uh, was Jewish and was part of Jesus' inner circle. Uh, he alludes to himself as the, the disciple who Jesus loved. And he talks a lot about Jesus' human issues because he really wants to highlight how Jesus was human and yet still God. So you see these different perspectives, different backgrounds from these writers, all describing who Jesus is, okay? And, and, and so that's kind of the situation there. Now, what's the proof that Jesus was actually here? Now, I alluded to some of this last week, um, but hang with me, okay? So here's some non-biblical sources that point to the fact that Jesus was here, okay? Josephus, one of the most, uh, who was uh, the most influential Jewish historians uh, during Jesus' time, he writes this about Jesus. Um, He was a martyr leader of the church in Jerusalem. He was a wise teacher who had established a wide and lasting following despite the fact that he had been crucified under Pilate at the instigation of some of the Jewish leaders, Okay, so that's a non-biblical source. Uh, Tacitus, Rome's uh, most important first century historian, he mentions Jesus and the rise that happened after uh, a man was crucified under the order of Pontius Pilate. And then he talks about how this religion uh, was spreading after this individual goes through the worst torture inflicted on a person. And then he writes that these people, these followers, believe so strongly that they were all willing to die for this belief. This is like an outside historian. This is not like one of Jesus' followers. And, and, and so that so you see that from that perspective. They affirm that like he was here, he was real in that. But then uh, you guys, the Bible, it, it's incredible how it confirms it as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8, I love this. This is the Apostle Paul talking, and he says this. He says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Now, why do I love that so much? I love that so much because when you dig into different religions, you will find a lot of these things that they will say happened, but they were very secretive, right? Very secretive. Uh, There was maybe one person there, maybe there was two, and then no one can confirm or deny, but it was a supernatural thing, and so we all just have to believe and trust, right? The thing about Jesus, remember, uh, one, he called his own resurrection, that's pretty cool, but then he didn't just like show himself to a group of two, a group of five, a group of 12. What does it say? Literally 500 people at one time along with all these other people. So, so here's what's so cool. After he resurrected from the dead, like, like Christianity didn't just like take off when there was an empty tomb, right? Like it, it didn't just, like everybody's like, oh my goodness, the tomb is empty. Everybody, let's go. Let's start this whole thing. Let's go. Let's all die for that. There was an empty tomb. Let's just die. 
because it's true, right? No, what he did then is he starts appearing over and over and over and over again, and not just like one-on-one, but, but in large groups, large settings, up to 500 people at one time, and he's there. And just imagine if you're there. You're just like, right? And so it wasn't the secretive thing, and, and, and that's why you read even people outside of the Bible say, by what happened All of these followers, they generated this movement and they were willing to die for what they saw. That's what's unique about that. Right? That's that's very, very (laughs) um, confirming. I know it is for me. But my question, you guys, and, and, and over and over in Scripture, you... You see this, and, and, and how do you see the confirmations of Jesus? Well, one, you've got to remember, like I talked about last week, what was written about him was written in such a short period of time after he was gone, there were still witnesses, which is so, so unique to uh, ancient literature. And so there's so much that confirms it, but my question comes back to this. Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? By what authority do you believe that? By whose authority? Is it yours? Is it your authority? Or is it through what we read in Scripture? Because I, I want to be really clear, you guys. I, I don't want this to be foggy, messy, muddy, uh, uh, none of that. This is what he says about himself. This is what he says about his purpose. In Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He goes, that's my purpose. So when you see Jesus enter into humanity, you need to know his purpose was to come and to make a way for those who had no way. Was to come and bring reconciliation to humanity who had, by their own choices, said, God, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to do our own thing. Deny him. And, and because of those actions, because of that sin, creating separation between a perfect and holy God, and Jesus says, I'm going to come fix that in order to save, to redeem, to restore, and pay this penalty of death for their sins. I'm going to cover it all. I mean, that's, isn't that amazing? Like, that's why he came. That's why it kills me when I hear people say all these things about him that aren't true all these other agendas, all these other things. Like he literally came to save me. He literally came to save you. And then the other piece to that that you have to know is in John 10, 10, he says, the Father and I are one. What is he claiming? I am God. And so you have to know that. You just have to know that's what he's claiming. So if you say, oh, I believe him, I trust his teachings, I don't really, uh, I don't really, you need to know that's what he says about himself. You need to know that. You need to know that is what got put him, that's how he got put on the cross. He got put on the cross because of blasphemy in their mind. So you need to know that. Those are his claims. He's saying, I'm God. I have come down here in order to what? To seek and to save the lost. And then comes that invitation, right? 
follow me. You guys, Jesus literally changed the very calendar we used and and created a movement that continues to cause people today to lay down their lives for it. And here's what I think is so important for you guys. And and this is a challenge I have and a challenge that I, I, I challenge our leaders with is I want to help rebuild your view of what the church has distorted when it comes to Jesus. And I want to read this quote, and maybe you've heard this quote before. It's a quote from Gandhi, and he says this when he was responding to people when they were asking him about Christianity. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And here's the thing. I read a quote like that, and guess what I think of? All these people who have wounded me, all these people who have said things that were wrong, or all these people that have, like, thrown Jesus at me, like, you know, because, man, I remember when I wasn't following God, and, man, I had a lot of people that, you know, some people that loved me really, really well and modeled Jesus, and others that used Jesus as literally this hammer on my head that just drove me further and further away. But here's what I want to challenge you with, you guys. That's the easy out is to think of the other people. The thing that I'm challenged with in this thought is all the times where I don't act like him. I don't. Where I'm that person that Gandhi's talking about. I like your Christ. I don't really like you. And so will you tonight, I'm going to ask you, if you've been holding a grudge against Jesus because of people who have claimed to believe him and, and, and yet they haven't lived it, I want to encourage you to let that go. Because here's the reality. We're all at moments going to not live up to that standard. We all will. And, and I wish I could correct what people have done or said that was wrong. We can't. But I want to encourage you to get back to who Jesus is, why he came, what he offers you. And I want to just ask you outside to just wipe clean all the other images, the thoughts, the churches that have impeded on that. And I want you to just clean that away out of your mind right now and just ask, but who is he to you? Because that is all that matters. That's it. It doesn't matter what you think of me. It doesn't matter what you think of uh, tonight or anything. All that matters is who you say he is.